0: Welcome to episode 220 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode of the podcast, our penultimate episode for 2021, we revisit our 2021 crystal ball. We review the Super League grand final. We farewell Benji Marshall. We welcome Redcliffe Dolphins into the NRL and to lose into the UK Super League, and much, much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Right, welcome to episode two hundred and twenty of the Rugby League Republic podcast. Where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, rugby league. This is rugby league for the people. I'm your host, Doctor T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, we finally did it in New South Wales, in Sydney. We hit Freedom Day. Freedom, yes, it's freedom to get your (laughs) freedom to get your
1: haircut and a beer. Well, you're to get a haircut and a beer and um, and and like non-essential, uh, what, uh, shopping, <laughs> done <laughs> or something like well, that. Well, who, know,
0: who knows what there's the for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about in uh in Sydney, I believe yeah. or New South Wales, most of New South Wales, I think the restrictions, the lockdown restrictions that you've been reading about and seeing on your on your on your TV screens and on your news. Uh, all the way over in down under in Sydney, Australia, has been sort of lifted some of the restrictions, sort of. But it was uh, roundly uh, called Freedom Day mm. because uh, you know certain freedoms were alleviated. You know, you could people you could have people over at, at your house, but a limited number so like 5 or 10 or whatever it is uh i don't know i've lost track of all of all the specifics but needless to say aussies celebrated the way they know how they uh went to the barbershop for a shave and a haircut and, and and went to the pub for a beer
1: yeah, so this driving. is
0: a this is what's been all over the news our new premier uh Perite, don Perite has uh, mm. uh you know famously had his hair cut as well to celebrate along with uh, with all the other constituents who yeah. are
1: and probably waiting a beer. long time to have the haircut. I saw a line um, of people waiting <laughs> for the butler, so um, <laughs> probably waiting for it for a beer as well. So um, yeah, but, and and but,
0: there were queues queues to get into Kmart, one of the local Kmart's. Wow! At midnight, this is toilet know, paper gate all open. over again. This is. This is like the, you know, well, thankfully, it wasn't as bad as those Black Friday kind of um, sales, <laughs> you know, when you see people just storming the, the department stores. It wasn't like that. But look, uh, there is definitely uh, some relief in the air. Mm. Uh, the numbers are going down in terms of number of cases and hospitalizations, etc. So there's an air of positivity. Mm. And I'm, I'm hopeful that there is an air of positivity in our penultimate episode of uh, the podcast this year. As I said, we're going to wrap wrap things up next mm. week, but this week we're going to do, uh, we're going to just sort of wrap up a few bits and pieces. We're going to revisit the crystal ball. That's what yeah. we've got in store uh, towards the end of the podcast, but we've got a lot to get through. And then obviously next week, uh, we're going to finish the year with our famous uh, awards yeah, uh, Rugby League Republic Awards, which, uh, which is, are which are going to be superb this year, I can tell. Mm. um And but yeah, look, uh, do you have uh, any final thoughts before we dive into our six tackles?
1: Well, Doctor T, after uh, many months of not being able to go into the office, I have gone into the office for the last two days, and. Uh, you know, felt so good about it. I've decided to work from home for the rest of the week. So, um, I was going to say. And how was it like to be the
0: first, the first person to cut uh, our premier's hair in over three months? Is that well, How does it feel?
1: Well, I didn't. I I, I Wasn't I, you? Not, <laughs> yeah, well, well, I almost missed his ear. So. Um. <laughs> Oh, so, you got to
0: be careful. You got to you got to be really careful around the politicians these days. You know, you, you never do. know what they're going to do with uh, with the restrictions, and so, you don't know you who's know. listening into the conversation either, right? uh the, let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. All right, <laughs> let's dive into <laughs> yeah. the six tackles. All right, here we go with tackle number one: the news update. All right, so look, hot on the heels of. Uh, The uh, the Penrith Panthers' famous victory in the grand final in our NRL grand final last week, we uh, we have news of the Penny Panthers uh, having a bit too much of a celebration, Mm. and one of their greats, one of my favourite players, Brandy Alexander, Greg Alexander, has chastised them for uh, for taking the shine off their premiership win with some distasteful celebrations on social media this week tish what's the latest on what are the penny panthers done this time
1: yeah well look when you win a grand final you know what's kind of infamous is the stories you hear about grand final celebrations and i don't think the Penrith panthers are here to disappoint um they've had a a great season so they're having a great celebration and a great party which um, cease to be going on and on and on. so a couple of tidbits, obviously brandy a bit criticized you know firstly, you know he was upset uh, Tara may uh, he posted something on social media that alluded to his uh, sex tape court case from a couple of years ago, uh, which we re- which probably everybody doesn't want to be- revisit again, let's be honest. And then um you yeah, know there was also another shocking footage. Pendra's backroller Villamar Kikow, was captured on social media singing the Rabbitohs anthem. Laurie <laughs> <laughs> got south, Sydney. Uh,
0: oh no. That, that just before you go on, that reminds me of obviously that that's reminiscent of Alan Langer's uh Saint George can't play, Saint George can't play. Remember that one, yeah, in the early yeah. 90s. Uh, but but I think, yeah, look, in in comparison, at least Kikau was uh singing the proper song, or, yeah. or, or was he or was he changing the lyrics? Do we know that if you change the lyrics? No, maybe not.
1: No, I believe he was singing the song and to be honest, he's looking for a new club. So <laughs> so I, I don't know if Brent is reading into that too much. And look at finally uh look, the proven Arthur Summons trophy, uh there's an NRL has launched into an investigation right headfirst um uh and uh, you know could uh, you know $30,000 uh NRL premiership trophy was damaged. Um, by the players, I believe, uh, Cleary and uh, a few others were involved in that. And, you know, something that uh, I haven't written down here, but I know that it's come up as well. Apparently, uh, some free tickets that were given to some of the players, um, I think three men crossed the border illegally to attend the grand final on tickets that I think were given to them by certain players. And again, there was a Cleary name involved, Um, And they're investigating all of that. So, you know, the NRL is investigating, you know, Kickout was singing, you know, Tyra May is tweeting, you know, is this, is this celebration, has this crossed a line? Uh, You know, is it, is it like, you know, is it, is it too bad? Or or are we just, uh, you know, or is this just a product of like the 24 hour news cycle where, you know, every little piece of what the players are doing every minute of their day is documented. Uh, Dr. Ted, what do you think about all this? Look, with the exception of the social media
0: uh, one, the first one that you mentioned, Tyro May, hmm. the others can equally have taken place and did take place in the early 90s. So I mentioned yeah. the 92 when uh when when Alan Langer infamously, saying infamously St. George can't play after they won in 1992 the Broncos won um you know that's the kick out similar thing i mean you could say it's disrespectful but you know um certainly Alan Langer wasn't canceled uh mm. so he, you know his his career went from strength to strength yeah. um and let's not forget uh that that a year before the Penrith Panthers, in fact, led by Greg Alexander, won in 91. Their first premiership in 1991. The year before that, when Canberra won in 1990, or it could have even been in 89 when they won against the Tigers, um, Laurie Daly famously dropped the Winfield Cup off the back of a ute and broke broke it from its base. So, yeah. you know, and and I don't remember Laurie Daly's career or being threatened or or um, former Raiders greats expressing their disappointment. So they, I think potentially we're forgetting, mm. uh, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, nothing's changed <laughs> except things yeah. have changed. You yeah. know, over time has, uh, you know, social media is here, but the, the other two stories... Uh, could equally have taken place and did take place in the early yes, 90s absolutely. around the time when Brandy was at his peak so look um i'm not at all disappointed i'm not at all disappointed in brandy saying what he had to say because i agree it's a bit disappointing after the the famous victory that they had mm. that they would uh just act like stupid idiots basically uh and and but i don't think in the scale of of uh you know, acting stupid and certainly what the storm has been accused of Mm. uh, the week, the week earlier, this does not, this kind of pales in comparison really. Um, It's just a bit of, you know, a bit of fun. And I don't think, look, honestly, I don't think they would have meant or wanted to hurt the the premiership trophy that that they had just won. I mean, that's just like, that doesn't make any sense. So obviously they were probably getting a bit too rowdy and, and, uh, uh, but look, the other way I look at it, mate, it's a thirty-thousand-dollar trophy. Um, make it stronger, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, make it. No. I'm sorry. Make it stronger so that uh, it can't just be broken when you drop it. Because guess what? It's going to be dropped by, uh, well, at least one player in both teams has uh, slippery hands. I mean, exactly. certainly, you know, <laughs> certainly, uh, you know, certainly, there's at least one player that that uh, uh, didn't catch every ball passed to him on that grand final day. So how do you expect it not to break it or fall at one point? So look, my view is I think, um, yeah, it's a little much ado about
1: nothing. Uh, Look, I I totally agree with you in the era of uh, one-on-one strip. um, You know, I think that, uh, yeah, I think, you know why are they even parting with the trophy anyway? Like, uh, shouldn't you just get the the celebration and then here's a replica to play around with, guys? Like, you know what I mean? don't <laughs> you I, like, should get a
0: paper mache trophy uh, replica <laughs> trophy or a foam replica?
1: How mm, about that? <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't think I don't think you you sort of uh, all right. You know, here you go. You've won the premiership. Take the trophy with you and celebrate with you know alcohol and a whole bunch of other people and, and thing and nothing's going to break. Like, uh, haven't they not seen any movie where, uh, you know, the, the parents go home, like parents go away on vacation. And then, you know, everybody throws a big party and how much things get damaged and you have to replace the cat. Like, you know, it happens, you know, what has American movies taught us? I don't think PVL has learned anything, um, from any of those. So, Look, um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> look to the 80s uh 80s rom
0: coms, uh, like Ferris Bueller's. It should be you know, PVL's day off, yeah,
1: that's, that's, like. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, um, and I think, yeah, I think, look, um, yeah, look, the first incident is quite quite serious, and I do understand where, where Brandy's getting on with it, but I also feel like some of it is, um, the bandwagon come, like, yeah, uh, I mean kick-out singing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, like, as I said, he could be playing for Star City next year, so who knows? So uh, so let's see yeah. how, how that goes, yeah. Alright, well, the
0: second big news story affects your club, the Tigers, and this is a bit of an awkward one and could be <laughs> indicative of things uh, brewing in the Tigers. Uh, what's going on with the Tigers and their Player of the Year
1: award? Yes, yes, well, the Tigers have... Uh, have uh, uh, given joint winners uh, Luke Brooks and Dane Laurie the, uh, you know, the Tigers player, club player of the year, um, you know, which is uh, which is obviously a fantastic, but look, the other players are a bit baffled and I've got to say so am I and a lot of fans out there have been saying as well as to how uh, Luke Brooks had pipped Adam Dewey uh, for Tigers player of the year. Um, you know, Adam Dewey has, I think heads, heads and shoulders been uh, the best at the club. Um he's actually had the most LEM points um for the club this season. And it was a little uh crazy to think that, you know, he lost out. Um there was a three man uh three man um panel awarded uh Brooks the trophy and I believe it was Dan Stapleton, um Adam Hardigan and Michael Maguire coach. So that's a bit of insight into into where the uh Tigers think of Brooks. Look, I think Brooks um probably to his own admission probably um probably not 100% happy with uh you know his season he is a player that has never played finals footy as well so you know to be you know probably the most uh, influential one of the most influential positions on the field not make the not make it into the grand not, not make it into the finals and then being given player of the year i don't know i don't know how that all blows but you know tiger seem to you know, put one step forward and then three steps <laughs> backward, right? That's that's how it's been. So
0: yeah, I didn't know I didn't know tigers uh, walked that way. I thought they <laughs> they, they generally yeah. walk forward with their four four um, paws. But anyway, mm. yeah, look, uh, look very very interesting what it means for Dewey as well because uh, you know, fancy being voted by you know, effectively in a kind of a more peer based uh, system in the Ams and. And yet, and yet, not getting that recognition by uh, you know your coach and a board member as well, mm. um, just not not right. I don't think so. I think um, I wonder what that means, especially if it means that there's going to be a bit of unrest in the club. Um, there may be some more to it that we're not aware of in terms of doing. Maybe there's other reasons, but I would think, uh, yeah, that it certainly does raise eyebrows. Absolutely, yeah. but look. Let's move on to our second tackle, uh, which is our review of uh, the Super League Grand Final. Here we go. All right. So, well, we were talking about this last week, St. Helens versus the Catalan Dragons. St. Helens were going for the third straight Grand Final title, uh, uh, the Super League title. And Catalans in their first ever Grand Final were going for their first win. Uh, and it it was a very tight, close match. Uh, and it ended up being uh, St. Helens that won that third, their third straight title. And uh, one of our very own, uh, well, your very own from Tigers, I guess, Kevin (laughs) Kevin Nogama.
1: Speaking of um, bad Tigers decisions,
0: speaking of Tigers, uh, (laughs) rejects, um, Kevin Nogama, uh, obviously Fiji captain as well, let's not forget. starred in uh, in St. Helens' uh, victory. Uh, basically, uh, he scored two tries. He won the Harry Sunderland medal as best player on the ground. And uh, really, St. Helens, uh, uh, you, you know, looked like they, they were never really out of it. They were ahead the whole way. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Nagama has actually been there for all three of those premiership wins. Wow. Uh it's a historic three peat. He uh, later gave uh a, a, an, in when he accepted his man of the match award gave an, an, an a speech um in ex- in his ex- acceptance speech uh about the inspiration that he's received from uh halfback great Rob Burrow who has motor neuron disease. Uh Burrow played in Leeds uh, the Leeds teams of uh, 2007 to 2009, uh, and been one of the only teams in recent uh, in the Super League era to uh, win three consecutive Grand Finals. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Agama uh, mentioning Rob Burrow, and you know, really great thing to do given uh, mm. you know the the occasion. And the emotion around his own performance uh, and his own team to kind of uh, reflect on, on another individual and, and the struggles he's going through. So that's that that says a lot about Kevin Agama and, and what kind of a bloke yeah. he is, I think. so. Um, and look, apparently he is coming back uh, to Australia for family reasons. Uh, and he said at the post-match press conference he was likely to retire but wouldn't say no straight away if an NRL club called him. Uh <clears throat> so before we before I kind of sort of circle back into the game itself, Kevin Ogama returning, would you, Tish, which club do you think he, he would uh should call him for his services?
1: Well, look to in be our honest, club. Well, I think the Kevin Ogama can uh play at any club really. Um I mean I was sad to see him leave the West Tigers, right? You know, um, you know, Fiji captain and um and look what he's done. He's He's left the West Tigers and won three premierships on the other side <laughs> of the world, right? <laughs> You know, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. The 12-10 scoreline a two-point differential, the same in the NRL Grand Final, 14 points to 12, right? Like, um, mm. you know, like a very similar scoreline. So it kind of shows that, uh, you know, the, the 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 Grand Finals of both competitions uh, in the world have been quite f- uh, fantastic. But yeah, look, Evan Noguama, I think he gets... The reason why I say he could fit at any club is because he brings quite a lot of experience, but also um, I think he's a good role model for your locker room. Like particularly, you know, it, every post match interview that he's had, it's been very you know highly respected. Um, you know, he he always um, you know is very thankful, and and as you said, you know he you know he brings awareness by you know even mentioning Rob Burrow and embracing him um, at the game. I, I remember there was some footage that they shown of him sort of um, I think you know sort of. Hugging and like sort of, you know, in tears actually when he when he lifted the trophy. Um, this footage of him in tears singing the national anthem for Fiji, right? So, um, I think when you have a player like that that has so much passion and uh, just has a love for the game and so much respect, um, you know, you want him uh, to be around your, you know, younger players to sort of, you know, um, have that sort of uh, have that sort of attitude pass on to the next generation. Um, so I think any club that's got a young, uh, you know, got, got got a youngish feel to it, you know, you can even throw the Panthers in there, right? Maybe Brandy's uh, doing it, like, you know, we need Kevin Naguama to uh, to sort of uh, show how these guys should really celebrate, you know? Uh, you <laughs> that's know? right. Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe but maybe look, they need I'm, to be a bit more grounded in, uh, in that kind of uh, Naguama reality.
1: Yeah, yeah. So look, I couldn't pick any one club. I think, I think it'd be everywhere, and and just think about like well, this. Look, if you, if you take 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 a team like Parramatta, right? Um, Parramatta. I mean, they've got a fairly good side, but they don't really have anybody that's won um, titles uh, recently. And then all of a yeah. sudden, you get somebody in the centres that has won uh, three in a row. And um, you know, the, it, Parramatta already has some really great centres, but just to have them in your squad um, to help you sort of um, in those big games. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's kind of a no-brainer for a lot of clubs. So, um, mm. you know, it could be heating up the the uh, player market for Naguama. That's right. Look, I, I have to admit, I'm
0: glad you landed on Parramatta because I was actually going to, not, not in a joking way, say that, look, Parramatta should throw their hat in the ring here and try and get him in their side because one of the issues that we've had is in our... Uh, in one side of the field in particular that Kevin Agama <laughs> plays in, I think, mm. uh, where we've had Wonga Blake, who's had issues with defence, but also Blake Ferguson, who's retiring. And and here we are, you know, like you said, a, a winner, um, someone who's played, has got, got that skill set to kind of, um, you know, play in the centres and also has mm. pretty good defence and has good attitude and a winning mentality. So I think uh, he could very, he could do a lot worse than go to Parramatta. And I think Parramatta should throw their hat in the ring. So Brad Arthur, if you're listening, you know, get, he's going to be that X factor. I think, uh, you know, in the big games, I think you need someone like him who yeah. knows what it takes to get over the line. And so he got over the line twice. So <laughs> yeah, look, getting back to the game itself. Uh, it was a, a tight affair. It was uh, exciting to watch. I must admit, Um you know, over this side of the world, it was on in the middle of the night or or sort of very, very early morning, but I did manage to watch it live and uh which is a rare thing, I think. Uh, but it was it was well worth it because uh you know it started off with Nagama scoring the initial try to put them in the lead and a couple of goals from James Maloney. Kept Catalan's Dragons uh, to, I think it was 6-4 at halftime. Um, and then after the break, uh, not long after the break, Mike McKinnon, uh scored a try uh, just after halftime, put the Dragons ahead 10-6. But then uh, with not long to go, Naguama, uh basically scored the winning try after pouncing on a Johnny Lomax grubber. Um, and then they held on for that victory. And look, I guess the other thing to mention is that James Maloney, uh, you know, I think it's the first time he's actually lost a grand final. Wow! <laughs> so, um, or potentially, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, he's definitely. Again, we were talking about him being the X factor, and unfortunately, he just couldn't quite get them mm. over the line. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, um, unfortunately, James Maloney, I believe he's considering retirement, uh, at least from uh, top level rugby league. Uh, I've heard rumours that he might be going to domestic. French Rugby League, uh, since he's there anyway, uh, he's living there anyway, it, uh, he'll probably just stay there and play in the lower leagues there, uh, as opposed to, I guess, the difficult situation that they've had with, in the COVID circumstances, where uh, most of the Dragons matches, they were forced to play in England due to COVID travel issues. So, look... Um, Catalan Dragons, hold your head up high because uh, you managed to win the minor premiership for the first time in your history this year. And uh, we will talk later about another French team that will join you in the Super League. So we're going to see some French pizzazz coming into the the Super League uh, and with the Catalan's Dragons, obviously it would hurt them so much, just like the Penrith Panthers were hurt last year when they missed out in the grand final. So no doubt they'll be very much driven to go that next step next year. But Tish, uh, I don't know if you caught the game or any of the highlights, but, um, but yeah, um, I, I don't know if you want to, add your final thoughts to this and, and uh, you know, St. Helens and Catalans both kind of re- had, having record-breaking
1: years. Yeah, great to see Catalans there um, and obviously the class that St. Helens went through. I suppose I'm looking forward for the World Club Challenge um, uh, to see how the Panthers, if, if it could happen, it would be wonderful to see uh, the Panthers take on St. Helens and to see what sort of, uh, match we'll get but yeah look uh, again really tight game and um, yeah look some great quality football I think it's 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 high quality stuff and you know like um, you know I might have jokingly said that you know the world champions of Panthers but but not really I think St. Helens team is is, is actually really really good so um, you know I think I think the competitions globally uh, I think rugby league is in a healthy spot when you look at the actual competition overall, maybe not financially speaking, when it comes to the management of the game, but I certainly think that with the talent out there, I think um, and the athleticism, still a, a great uh, a great product, um, e- e- either either Northern Hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere. Absolutely, and look, as we were
0: mentioning about farewelling uh, James Maloney, we are going to do a big uh, focused farewell right now. Tackle number three, we're going to farewell Benji Marshall. All right, so Benji Marshall, who has been a uh, a stalwart in the NRL and for your West Tigers, uh, mm. Tish, a uh, very historic figure, uh, a great character in the game, has announced his retirement from the NRL and from Rugby League uh, this year. We were kind of expecting it that, uh, you know, he's, he's getting on a bit in age and he had, uh, you know, certainly played lots of matches and we're going to go through some of the stats in a minute, but... Yeah, he um, unfortunately didn't get that fairy tale finish with uh, with the grand final on the weekend, but um, I guess he let that play out a bit. And a few days after the grand final, he announced his retirement uh, alongside Wayne Bennett at a press press conference. Uh, in front of his South Sydney Rabbitohs teammates and family. Um, Benji Marshall, just some key points. He's played 346 NRL matches, made his debut in 2003. So he's been going for 19 years. Played for the West Tigers, St. George, Illawarra Dragons, Brisbane Broncos, and finally South Sydney. Uh, you know, four of the biggest clubs, I think, in the history of rugby league. So, well done. Um, and obviously, we recall he helped the Tigers win that 2005 NRL Premiership in amazing fashion with some memorable moments there as well, which no doubt we'll talk about in a minute. And obviously, he had a very illustrious career for New Zealand as well, Uh Did did so much for them, Uh, you know. Basically, won them the World Cup and and the uh, Tri Nations final as well. uh, I think in two thousand eight. So, you know, so much. uh, Yeah, so much that that he sort of brought to the game. Uh, Benji Marshall um, He's uh, just some quotes from him he said uh, in his press conference uh, where he announced his retirement I started off my journey as a small boy from uh, Wakatani in chasing a dream I will leave this game as a grown man who learned a lot of life lessons and I think turned out to be a pretty good person I feel privileged and honoured with what the game has given me the life I've been able to live 19 seasons in the NRL is more than half the length of my life um, so Tish, uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, played. You know, w- let me just get your overall thoughts, and then uh, and mm. then we'll sort of dive a little bit into some of the 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 highlights of Benji Marshall's career. So, what were your thoughts when you heard
1: uh, that he had retired? Well, look, um, obviously, like it, it felt like it was going to be something that was going to be imminent um, just over the last few seasons. Um, and obviously, you know, even last year, you know, Tiger's saying that they won't renew and then him desperately finding a club. And I really hoped he would have another season because I thought he, I thought he gave so much this season, but um, he's been able to go out uh, not being forced out and, and sort of on his own terms. And I think that's a fitting end to a guy, um, you know, who I believe has revolutionized our rugby league, like the way he's played. I think, um, you know, his impact is going to be felt, Um you know, uh, a lot of the attacking play that we see today, the, you know, that sort of, you know, ad lib, you know, eyes up footing football. It's, you know, he's a credit to that. And then obviously changing the way he played uh, later on. So I think it's a, it's a sad day for rugby league when you have somebody who's had such a great impact retire. Um, But I think his legacy is going to go on. And I think it was just a, a really classy press conference. Can I say that? Like, um, classy press conference, and, and just yeah, look, uh, class over, uh, you know, uh, right through. I know we're going to talk a, a little bit about his, uh, New Zealand, uh, accolades as well. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, continue, Dr. T.
0: Yeah, look, uh, Look, I, I'll just sort of go through a little bit of the highlights, and as we go along, we might stop and pause and reflect mm. on on some of the memories that he's he's just brought so many good memories to to rugby league purest rugby league fans everywhere of every persuasion doesn't need to be tigers fans. Um, so look, he started off with the tigers. Overall, he played two hundred and fifty seven games for the tigers across two spells. The first one. Uh, was between 2003 and 2013 and then uh, finally 2018 to 20. Um, and obviously the, the biggest sort of memory, I think from from that first spell in any case, was uh, uh, that famous grand final victory in 2005, the first for the West Tigers against the Cowboys. And that magical flick pass, that he did to Paddy Richards uh, on the way to, a, I think it was a 90-meter try, which he started, and then uh, I think around halfway did a bit of a flick, uh, a flick no-look pass, which uh, when I first saw it, my memory of it was just, uh, did he just pass it? <laughs> like, I remember yeah. we was surrounded by friends, and I thought, did he just do that? It was, I don't think we've ever seen... Uh, a, and it wasn't just that we've never seen a flick pass in a, in a big game like that. It was uh, it, it was a critical pass. Mm. it was the pass that basically allowed Paddy Richards a free run to the line um and it bamboozled the defense and it was done so effortlessly and quickly that you just it was like a magician. Yeah, uh, you know, flicking the cards, and and you just sort of go where well, you pull the rabbit out of his hat. I don't know what he he pulled a flick pass out of his backside. Benji did because it was amazing, and and it was the first time I remember thinking, who is this guy? Like this was we had already he'd already had a bit of a reputation for being a star player. You know, he had been in the in the game for three years at that point, but um, that to me cemented him as this guy is an absolute magician and. And and the guts to do that in a grand final, um, you know, what if it went wrong? What if the your your receiving player didn't read you correctly? It could have led to a drop ball, you know. But no, he he uh, ran with his gut, and his teammates trusted him, and it ended up being I think one of the best grand final tries of all time. So that's my memory of that. What about you, Tish?
1: Well, look, I think uh, yeah, look that that pass. Or, or- audacious right so um mm. you know like you know like uh who would think about doing a flick puck I mean the game I think they were uh tied at 12 all or it could have even been um you know the Tigers might have been up by two like at that moment of the game like um it was it was just like you know you do a foot club yeah <laughs> it was just a, a you know a play and then I think I think just to how remarkable it was uh everybody was in awe I remember the replay. Like, like it was like you watched it, right? And then you know people are cheering and everything like this. And then you're watching the replay. And I just remember, um, you know, the the crowd when they see the flick pass, um, just go whoa! As in, like everybody missed it, right? Like, um, <laughs> like, like that's how it was. And I think that was, um, you know, just just yeah, just being uh courageous enough to do that at such a young kid, you know, and. Uh, you know i think it was absolutely uh, remarkable and i think he continued to do that i think also in 2005 um what what also happened with him i felt like at the start of his career everybody knew about the wonderful talent that he had and he was kind of like the you know the guy that's got these uh, great plays you know but he turned into a bit of a match winner in 2005 where it wasn't necessarily about scoring on his own um or or sort of you know having a great run it was more about um, how can I get others? I ha- how can I, you know, how can I sort of, um, uh, ha- yeah, how can the tiger score rather than how can Benji score? If that made sense, and I think he, mm. he, I think that was a transition year for him. But, um, but it was that. And to be honest, that flick pass, um, I'm sure every kid that plays in the NRL or every p- player that plays in the NRL now, um, you know, when they when they do a flick pass, they, you know, the first. It, it it was that inspired basically every NL NRL player to this day, that flick class. That one flick plus um could be the result of probably half the NRL at the moment um playing rugby league.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and look uh and so I'll just move on and talk about some other kind of highlights as well. So he as I said, he, he played 31 test appearances he had for New Zealand, the Kiwis side. He captained the Kiwis between 2008 and 12 and was part of that 2008 World Cup winning squad. And obviously he was instrumental in that as well. I just remember it's on a couple of occasions, I think it was the World Cup, but also also in the Tri-Nations final, uh, I think, I uh, forget what year it was. He uh, It was just his ability to kind of, win the game at the last minute. We talk about, you know, the Queensland fighting spirit that you can never say die, and, and you got to watch them until the very last second. And Queensland keeps doing this in State of Origin, and New South Wales very rarely learns <laughs> the lesson. Um, and and basically, uh, Benji Marshall did that for New Zealand. You know, he uh, had so many, on so many occasions in big matches, he was the go-to man for the last-minute play uh, the last-minute miracle play, and more often than not, he'd get the win. Uh, and he certainly did that in the World Cup final. He did that in the Tri-Nations. He did that in many other games as well. But when it mattered the most, New Zealand's only World Cup winning uh, game, uh, World, World Cup win uh, in Brisbane in 2008, uh, you know, cemented him, I think, you know, as as a, an absolute legend and, and one of those, you know, yes, uh, he hasn't really over the years been you know completely consistently dominant as some other players that we mentioned but when it mattered he's got that highlights real you know he's got the the ability to say i made that happen mm-hmm. on a big and sta- a big stage biggest stage imaginable in rugby league uh i did that uh i was the one that, that lit the spark that led to my team uh winning that that particular game so he's done it on so many occasions and look um so yeah after uh After that, uh, I think his time with the Tigers, he then went, uh, he actually left the code. He went for six games to Rugby Union to play for the Auckland-based Blues. Then he came back to the NRL and played with the Dragons for a bit and then the Broncos. Then he returned to Lockhart, uh, the the West Tigers, for another three-year spell. And then he ended up uh, playing 22 games this season with the Rabbitohs uh usually as a utility number 14 so on the bench uh you know to support Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds and he did that admirably during the year didn't have the dominant performance that I kind of wanted him to have or the uh the uh, the miracle sort of performance that we came to expect from him in years gone by in this grand final this year um unfortunately been on the losing end of 14 uh, 12 uh grand final loss to the Panthers but uh certainly throughout the year, I don't think they would have been anywhere near where they were now if it wasn't for his, his supporting role. And so I think mm. that's the other thing to think about is that over the years, his role has changed over time. He hasn't always been the, you know, he's, his legs have gotten a bit slower over the years. He hasn't been able to do as many, you know, people have been able to read his flick passes, uh, you know, whereas in in the early years when he had the speed and and the element of surprise, he was uh, able to bamboozle defenses, and you know, with his famous goose step and and all sorts of other sort of tricks that he had up his sleeve. Um, you know, that has changed over time. So Benji Marshall has had to evolve uh, from a player that relied on his natural talent and instinct to more of a a team player and a leader, and then this year more of a support player for the the main players. So and i think he's played those roles quite admirably i mean he's probably had a bit of a difficult time adjusting uh you know in the last few years but but certainly uh at the broncos and even this year he's certainly uh shown that he can fit into a team that pretty much you know almost won the grand final i mean he goes out not quite on top in terms of a fairy tale but he goes as as close to on top as you possibly can get um <laughs> for a rugby league player mm. so um you know, so there's a lot a lot to be said and and I, I, my final words and I'll leave let you have the, your final words but I kind of concur with what you're saying I think he revolutionized the game um absolutely uh, he will be looked at as you know I don't know if we talk about things like immortals in the sense that we talk about once in a generation players but you know, if you're going to talk about a once in a generation type player, um, I think Benji Marshall has got to be up there. I mean, certainly he's been the most talented and, and important uh New Zealand rugby league player uh he has uh you know revolutionized the game in so many ways in in the way he plays a game his uh his style you know you've got other kind of copycat players uh in a way not copy copycat but you know players that mimic his style um and with varying levels of success but none none have had more success than Benji Marshall the the OG of uh the flick pass merchants Patish um your final words about Benji Marshall.
1: Yeah, well, look, I think, um, you know, early on in his career, Benji Marshall was there, the wonder kid sort of thing. And, um, you know, obviously that famous uh, New Zealand win, and obviously he went to Rugby Union and coming back to the Dragons. And I remember him saying something like, you know, when he went back and played for the Dragons, he wasn't – he didn't really feel like himself. Like he felt like um he was a shadow of what he was sort of thing. And then, um, you know, and then so – um, you know, in 2017, he looked like it was all going to be over. And, um, you know, like uh, the, you know, uh, so he got the, you know, he called Wayne Bennett to play for the Brisbane Broncos. And then I think um, he played like, uh, what's it like, uh, Queensland Cup for a couple of games. And that was the first time he ever played not in the first grade. <laughs> right so it's like a fallen <laughs> hero right you know and, yeah, uh, yeah. and he could have easily given up and um yeah again you know he had to call the tigers to, to ask him back and it was like a dream country is what he said and and uh boy did he take on that opportunity to to represent the tigers sort of thing you know in um, 2018 and 2019 and um i think that's the great thing about benji we've seen him evolve um as, as you know he talked about that evolution to a man but, but i think also one of those great redemption stories where you know he had a guy that you know, at one stage he was kind of like this player that you know wanted to go to japanese rugby you know was unhappy with like um you know how much payers were being played uh paid and so forth and you know and then you sort of hear reports that you know on his last contracts and so forth you know he was sort of um you know, not like one of the lowest paid players in the competition, but he just wanted to play uh, because he's just so thankful. So I think, you know, you just got to love that sort of uh, thing about him. And um, now Wayne Bennett says like, it's not necessarily him being, um, you know, Benji Marshall sort of, you know, what he's going to do on the field. It's more about what he's going to do during the week um, and how much confidence he actually gives the players when he comes onto the field and the encouragement and like just the, you know, um, you know, that type of thing. So, Look, I think Benji's great. Look, I've got to say, I do have a memory, which is kind of a, a weird one, um, but I think it was during the co- seventh coverage of uh, a really recent World Cup where, like, um, they are, where all the, def- you know, all the players were defecting from New Zealand. And um, and I think, you know, Benji Marshall was uh, sort of commentating. And then I think one of the commentators asked him, so, you know, Benji, like, you know, um, you know, what do you think about this New Zealand team? Like, you know, if if they would call you, would you would you go and play for them? And he goes, if they call me tomorrow, I'm there. I I just want to represent New Zealand. And, you know, it kind of, like, struck you, like, you know, Benji, you know, he, he could have so easily decided to play for Queensland or, you know, to play for New South Wales or, you know, but, you know, he, he decided to represent New Zealand and, boy, did he represent New Zealand well. So you just got to love the qualities about him. I think that's probably what I uh, like most about him is more – the person, the skill level, and, yeah, and I just think the character in him is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, so well done, Benji. A great career, and it's going to be hard to watch rugby league without Benji Marshall, yeah? It's kind of – we haven't been in this situation since 2003, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. We're going to have some Benji uh, Benji withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> I think uh, we're going to – you know, the, any, any sign of uh, – of a, of a player tripping over their themselves will go, Oh, is that a goose step? Is that a deliberate? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just Blake Ferguson tripping over his uh, shoelaces. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> you know, but look, we're, you know, like I said, there is some copycat. You know, I don't mean that in a negative way, but some players that have mimicked his style and have, have sort of, I think he's, he's inspired a, you know, a whole generation of young players. you know, no doubt players like Sean Johnson uh, take inspiration from Benji Marshall, and the fact that you've got – there's a place in rugby league at the highest level, even now, uh, as tough as it is, uh, is a place for the speedy kind of, uh, you know, skillful, slinky type uh, agile player uh, like a Benji Marshall. And and uh, even if they're not the world's greatest defenders – even if they're they kind of they're prone to high risk, high reward type behavior. Um in in a in an in an age and a day when uh in an era in rugby league when when we do often complain about players being like uh you know overcoached and clinically overcoached robots. Um it's great to see uh you know players like Benji Marshall that have that X factor that we that we often talk about when we're trying to pick our favourite uh, teams and players and 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 elements of ingredients that you need for success, you need a bit of an, a Benji Marshall in every team. If only we could just every every coach should just we should have a Benji Marshall quota. I reckon we should have a, a style of player in every team that is akin to a Benji Marshall, and and it should just be a given. I think wow. we should just be a mandatory Benji Marshall quota.
1: What do you wow. reckon? Well, I that's all we should, need. They should retire jersey fourteen <laughs> from all clubs. <laughs> Either yeah, like possibly, possibly.
0: <laughs> um, although that may confuse some uh, some players. <laughs> yeah. Like, what what's after 13? 15? What? <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, um, but look. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and look it.
1: Andrew Voss uh, Boss has, um, you know, said that he's prepared to have Benji as the 13th immortal um, saying that, you know, if you compare like rugby league players from New Zealand, he could actually be their greatest ever, um, yeah. you know, rugby union, uh, you know, uh, multi rugby union sort of, um, you know, player, you know, world cup winner uh, Israel Dagg, has um, named him in the top five and named you as number one, um, you know, with Stacey Jones and Sonny Bill of Ruben Wiki. Um, sort of, you know, making up that top five. And I think, you know, it's... It, it, so that's that, that's a really high accolade. And I think uh, I do see that being um, something that could be done. And um, who knows, he may end up... Uh, I think he'd be a great coach, to be honest, as well. So um, let's hope he's still involved in the game somehow. Absolutely. All right, let's
0: continue in the positive news. Let's launch into tackle number four. A new team for the NRL. Here we go. All right. The NRL looks poised to announce Redcliffe Dolphins, as we predicted, to become the competition's 17th team in 2023. Uh, There are reports, although it's not been officially confirmed, but there are very strong reports and rumours that the Australian Rugby League Commission has officially endorsed the Dolphins as the winning bid ousting the Firehawks, and the Jets to become Queensland's fourth current team in the NRL. There's a tweet from Channel Nine reporter Ben Dobbin that said then an official announcement will be made in the coming days. So, absolutely great news. And let's just go through some. Uh, I'll, I'll just go through some bit of uh, information about the Dolphins' bid, and then I'll get your thoughts, Tish. The Dolphins will be the NRL's first expansion team since 2007 when the Gold Coast Titans joined a competition. The organization boasts $70 million worth of assets and has $20 million in cash reserves, putting it in a position to be one of the richest clubs in the NRL. Um, and... Uh, uh, Terry Reader, the general manager of the Dolphins bid, told News Corb last week that the club is ready to go should the club get the nod. Uh, he said they're going to work in the background to be ready for 2023. Uh, they're in very strong position. Uh, he says they have the strongest financial backing of any bid, which was definitely the case. Um, And he also said that they had strong government support, infrastructure, elite pathways plan, new fan base, and an integrated strategy to grow the game in not only southeast Queensland, but into central Queensland. So it's really good to see that the Dolphins are thinking just beyond their little patch of the world as well. Um, He said they have a detailed 100-day plan ready to initiate as soon as they are officially awarded that license to ensure they can be highly competitive from their very first season and uh, his, his quote is, uh, the dolphins are in our already and can start tomorrow. And what he means by start tomorrow is start planning the 100-day plan. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they will be based in Redcliffe, 40 kilometres. So for those of you who don't know, Redcliffe is 40 kilometres from Brisbane CBD, so the north side of, of Brisbane. Um, uh, the club, however, according to Rita, won't uh, use Redcliffe in its name. And are reportedly exploring a number of names, including Sunshine State and North Brisbane Dolphins. So, what they're going to do is they're going to seek community input uh, into the name, uh, and and they'll settle on that. The Dolphins uh, Redcliffe will be their ba- team base, however, and Red uh, and present what the Red Hill base is to the Broncos. So. Um, You know, that'll be their base uh, from which they're from, uh, their their operations will be based. Um, The strong community consultation, as I said, uh, they they may go for either of those names. Interestingly enough, the last team that, uh, the last expansion team, the Gold Coast Titans, you remember, were trying to get Gold Coast Dolphins as the name, but You remember at the time, I think Redcliffe took them to court and and, uh, had an injunction saying that they they don't want them to use that name because they intend to enter the NRL. And I remember at the time thinking, get real, as if the Redcliffe Dolphins are going to be a team in the NRL. Well, uh, you know, 13, 14 years later, I've been proven wrong because uh, now the Redcliffe Dolphins are in, although they'll probably be known as something else. I think my opinion is it's an, an awesome uh, uh, development. I think Brisbane was desperate for another side. Makes sense, all the sense in the world um, that the that, that Dolphins will get in. They're obviously very rich and can easily slot in uh, geographically uh, separate from the Brisbane Broncos, representing the north side, um, you know, there's a lot to go with the, the Dolphins mascot is a brilliant uh, marketable mascot as well. But Tish, uh, look, and the only thing I would say is uh, we probably need a, an 18th team to make sure we don't have a buy weekend, which will be awkward on Magic Weekend when a team has yeah. nothing to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, but true. apart from that, <laughs> apart from that, Tish... Uh, you know, confirmed, I guess, or will be confirmed shortly uh, what, what our suspicions were and what we really wanted to happen, which was the dolphins getting there. Um, what are your thoughts? And, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll let you have
1: the first and final word on this. Okay. Well, I just got to say player number 71 for Redcliffe dolphins, Arthur Beatson. Right. So uh if you've got oh, a wow. portal, you know, in your in your alumni, right, then um I think maybe long overdue, right? Like like to be honest, like with Redcliffe and you know the fact that they're um you know it looks like they're from all reports financially stable. Seems to be a club running well. Um they've got a great stadium. Um I think it's um you know it's a it, it's it's a unique boutique sort of stadium as well, which they probably might want to upgrade a little bit because I think there's one side actually um you know, you can actually kick it into the terrace. Of, <laughs> you can like, you go for the goal. You can kick into the terrace of the thing, but uh, into their league's club, right? But but still, just like a unique, ex- unique sort of atmosphere, and um, you know, the, the fact that you now this team is already thinking about like uh, you know expand, expanding themselves into another region um, to really uh, you know to really uh, I suppose um, you know uh, cover. You know, rugby league as much as it can across Queensland, I think is absolutely fantastic. So, look, I, I think, I, I think it's probably why it's the clear favourite, just because you, you know you're you're not necessarily. I mean, you're getting more than just the financial luxuries. You're actually getting a bit of a history with this club too, um, you know. And I think that I think that's the, that's a that's a reason perhaps that perhaps North Queensland as well is 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 doing a lot better than say. The, the Titans or the Crushers or anybody else did as well because that also had a, a very strong alumni and you know they had strong financials before they even even got um, into the competition so I think it's a good recipe for success so um, look uh, I am uh, I can't wait for 2023 to see this team I think we do need to you know I think we do need to, um, you know, I, I do need to uh, actually uh, um, you know like uh, have an 18th team just to balance out magic round, um, you know, because because that makes sense as well. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe with the NRL in terms of the player shortage issues that people talk about, maybe we need to implement some sort of draft, right? Because I think I was reading, um, you know, the number of players going to Super League um, is a lot less than the number of players we're receiving from Super League. Oh, well, it's a lot more, sorry. So, um, you know, maybe if we could stop the le- leakage of our, of our, like, uh, uh, you know, players uh, over there, then, then that could be it. Um Dave Moffat, player 199. Um, I believe what didn't he wasn't he the NRL boss um before?
0: I think he was at one point, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So well, there, uh, you go. Wow. there you go. And, so.
0: and let's not forget, finally, that what my final piece of news, the rumor, strong rumor is that Wayne Bennett will go up there and be their inaugural coach potentially. So he could end up in Brisbane after all. Um, so there you go. I mean, that's, I think that's a strong rumour. I don't know if it's actually been confirmed yet, but, um, but yeah, that's uh, that will be huge news if that's the case, but that's really positive. Uh, Redcliffe, well done. That's a great way to end the season, but we've got some more news, which would we'll launch into in tackle number five with league around the world. Here we go. All right. League around the world and hot on the heels of the Catalans dragon success in super league they are going to be joined by Toulouse. And mm. Toulouse are not going to be there to lose. They're going to be there to win because yeah. they are winning. They won their way fair and square into Super League by winning the million-pound game, which is uh, between uh, teams in the the, the lower-grade competition. Uh, they beat Featherstone 34-12 in that game. And by doing so, and by meeting the relevant criteria, they are going to be uh, promoted to the Super League in 2022. Um, And, uh, you know, it's been 18 years of hurt for Toulouse uh, when they lost out to Catalan's Dragons when the Rugby Football League chose its preferred French team in 2003. So, look, you know, at the time when... Benji Marshall came into the premiership is when the Catalan Dragons were selected for the Super League over there. And Toulouse has been biding its time in the lower grade uh, and finally has won its way to that Super League. So now we are going to see a French derby in the Super League from next season, which will be absolutely fantastic. Tish, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, look, great news for rugby league Internationally, you know, having two teams from France, um, you know, they've officially become the New Zealand of England, um, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, better than
0: New Zealand because they've got well, they've got more than one team now.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. And look, I think yeah, look, also great news, and hopefully this can actually bolster, um, you know, the French national teams, um, you know, I suppose a performance in the international game too by having, you know, two teams based there, so you've got more. Opportunities for French players to sort of get uh, a hit out into the Super League, um, and even potentially pathways to Australia and so forth, uh, which I think is great. And you've also got, uh, you know, uh, I suppose Trent Robinson's also involved in there, which is also fantastic as well. So I think, I think all around, I think it's li- really, really exciting news. And um, Toulouse, uh, look, I've never been to Toulouse. Um, I hear it's a great part of the world. Um, you know, uh, you know, like you know, similar to. I suppose the Catalan area of France, which you know mirrors the the Spanish area. So, are are we talking you know paella versus uh, uh, I don't know like what's a French rice dish? They don't really do that, right? You know, croissant, snails, snail, snaily rice, <laughs> snaily rice. So yeah, there you go. So, so but yeah, look, really looking forward to it. And um, you know, look, obviously they're starting uh, as as underdogs straight away. But um, I think I think uh, you know with You know, the million pound game, I think they call it like you're going to, they're going to have a bit of finances to try and lure some players and, and who knows, um, who knows who they'll be able to sign. Maybe uh, James Maloney. That would be interesting.
0: Well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Maybe they can get him out of retirement. So there you go.
1: There you go. Well,
0: That's excellent news uh, from the French side. And we are going to now finish uh, this podcast with our crystal ball. We've uh, pulled it out of uh, the, dusted it off, uh, off the shelf, dusted it off. And we're going to check what we predicted at the beginning of the year and uh, see how we went. So here we go with tackle number six, revisiting our crystal ball 2021 predictions. All right. So we mentioned some of these last week. I'll quickly go through some of the predictions. We predicted our top eight. Uh, Both of us got only five uh, correct for for our top eight predictions. Uh, So you picked South Storm Panthers, Titans, Raiders, Roosters, Sharks, and Tigers. And I uh, picked South Storm, Panthers, Eels, Raiders, Roosters, Tigers, and Bulldogs. So <laughs> that's how far off I was. I picked the the uh, the, the, the Wooden Spooners as uh, as one of the top eight. So anyway, that gives me five, and that gives you five points uh, to add to our final tipping scores. Um, now, predicting the NRL Grand Finalists and Winner. Now, you, I would say you got the closest because you had Storm and South with South as the winners, uh, and I had Eels and Souths and Eels as the winners. So both of us got Souths, right? So I'm going to give us half a point there. Unfortunately, I was way off with the Eels, but you were pretty close with the Storm. I mean, the Penrith Panthers could have lost to the Storm in the other semifinal uh, or grand mm. final qualifiers. So that could have been a close one as well. And I dare say that if if uh, the Storm got into the grand final with Souths, I think Souths probably would have won because I think they uh, they were just on fire this year. But the Penrith Panthers ended up winning. So, there you go. Uh, the Halftime Entertainment. Now, I picked the weekend. <laughs> oh, this Halftime Entertainment at the NRL Grand Final, I mean. And yep. you picked Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And look, uh, what ended up being... Uh, well, we didn't have Halftime I don't even know what it was. I think it was Ian Moss yeah. and someone else. So, we were way off. So, zero points for that. Um, state of Origin winner and series result. Uh, actually, I think I got it wrong. We I actually... No, actually, no. You picked New South Wales for 3-0, and I picked uh, New South Wales 2-1. So I got the series result and the State of Origin winner. So that gives me two, and you get one point for that. Okay. Uh, The biggest rugby league news story of the year. So um, you picked that there would be a (laughs) four-quarter, 12-man footy. I don't know what you were drinking when you <laughs> when you predicted that story and I predicted that Cam Smith was going to retire from the NRL which wow. he did shortly after <laughs> that prediction so uh I'm going to give myself a point for that unless you strongly disagree uh <laughs> what do you think about that, that
1: look I think, I think I think that's fair I think when we did this it was like a week before uh he actually did it a week after he actually did a time finding that so yeah And he got honoured as a retiring player in 2021 in the grand final, right? So There
0: you go, yeah. Official confirmation. Uh, That's right. Predict the biggest rugby league scandal of the year. Um, Now, you said that NRL player would be implicated in a US election scandal. (laughs) A hell of a call there, but no, it wasn't to be. Uh, I predicted that NRL player would be jailed on a gambling charge. So, uh, thankfully, that did not happen. no. I think the biggest... The biggest rugby league scandal of the year I think was James Roberts uh stepping out on his balcony with a towel. I think that that was what caused am I am I wrong? That was probably what caused the most uh consternation on social media is James James Roberts uh I think I said uh you know stepping out on a balcony.
1: Uh, I Brilliant. I would say that it's Paul Vaughan inviting some mates over for a barbecue.
0: Yeah, no, of course. I'm I'm joking. It's a simple barbecue. That's what did it. (laughs) But, yeah. I'm trying to think of any others that were... COVID COVID breaches is what ended up being the biggest rugby league scandal. Now, predicting the first NRL coach to be sacked and with a bonus point for predicting when. Now, uh, I was wrong. I predicted Michael McGuire in round 14, but you were right. You picked John Morris, but you said round 12. He actually got sacked in round six. Wow, (laughs) or or thereabouts. So I'll give you a point for that, but uh, unfortunately, I can't give you a point for the when, but very well done there. The biggest rugby league, uh, the NRL Rising Star. Now, you picked from the West Tigers, Stefano, uh, and how do you say that? Itoi Kamanu. yeah. And I picked Joseph Suali from Roosters. I think we are both wrong, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just very quickly, uh, do you have in your mind, who do you think was the biggest NRL Rising Star? Or we could probably leave this for our awards mm. next week. Let's leave that for awards next yeah, week. Yeah,
1: I think so too, yeah.
0: Yeah. Predicting the Renaissance Player of the Year. So you pick James Roberts and I pick Benji Marshall because I thought this is the year that we see Benji Marshall shine. He didn't really live up to that, um, but he did kind of, like I said, he played a supporting role. Mm. So again, we can we can uh, name this next week in our award. So we'll, we'll skip that. The prediction of the biggest NRL hero of the year. We both picked Benji Marshall. So I think we were b- both wrong on that one. Um, but but look, either way, I think uh, Benji Marshall did have a, a pretty good year. But no, I don't think he'd be classified as the hero of the year. I think, if anything, the hero of the year, I would say, is possibly someone of the likes of uh, Bryant or, or Je- Jerome Luai or one of these types of players, I think, that that kind of – were the reason, the spark behind uh, the Penrith Panthers' victory. It could be Nathan Cleary as well. I mean, really, he led New South Wales. He led Penrith. He won the Clive Churchill medal. I think Nathan Cleary would be a good candidate for the Hero of the Year Uh, and predict the biggest NRL villain of the year. Um, You predicted Cameron Smith, which wasn't to be because he retired. (laughs) I predicted Cameron Munster, which wasn't quite to be because I think this year the reason the storm loss wasn't because of uh, any of his brain explosions. It was
1: just because mm-hmm. they were outplayed by the banders. So um, yeah, but we'll end he with has this one. had a pretty incident heavy uh, off field, and you know that Queensland uh, didn't really perform well. So I'm yeah I don't know I, I don't know, really, yeah. I, don't
0: know. Yeah. I put it to you that that Latrell Mitchell <laughs> oh, had. Yeah. Had he had he reined himself in a bit, mm, mm. could have actually been there to help South Sydney win this year. In fact, mm. yeah, I'm not sure if uh, a villain is the right word, though. I think it's just unfortunate. And yeah. certainly a lesson learned there for his uh, tackling style. But look, um, those are the, the, you know, overall, uh, when you add them all up, we got, uh, I got 8.5 out of those, I don't know how many points there. And you got 7.5. And that means that the total for this year is uh, for me, 140.5, and for you, 135.5.
1: Well, well um, done, Dr. T. I think you well done remarkable- Dr. T.
0: <laughs> I've, I've uh, snuck ridiculous. out from in front and stayed there all year. But look, <laughs> in a way, it's an inconsequential <laughs> thing anyway. Uh, but, you know, bragging rights for a few months. That's all I want, and that's mm. all I'll get. So, look... Tish, without any further ado, we got to wrap this up. It's been a huge podcast. It's our penultimate one of the year. Next year, stay tuned, everyone, for our awards, our Rugby League Republic Awards, uh, where we'll go through all sorts of great awards and some new ones as well, I believe. We'll see what we do, we can do there. But, Tish, uh,
1: over to you to wrap this one up. Well, thank you, Dr. T. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And that is it for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. We're your hosts, Tish and Dr. T., Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.